Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy New Year, Jocelyn. It's 2020. Happy New Year. Literally today. I know. We're recording on New Year's Day. This is uh, this is my celebration uh, of, of 2020. We're going to start talking about video games at the most earliest point possible. Uh, love it the first day i guess i guess we could have done this earlier we could have done this at 1201 i was awake um i am so proud of you well i'm on holidays right so which is weird like it's not like my kids suddenly like go off to a permanent holiday babysitter they're they're here as well but for some reason like not having to um balance work and home life at the same time and i'm just home i can just focus on one and then my energy doesn't feel kind of split So Mm -hmm. even today, like Ashley was, she's been sick. So she's been in, she was literally in bed all day. So I had the kids and I'm still, still going strong. Uh, You know, I said to her, I was like, all right, I'll probably be in bed at midnight because that's, that's my life now. Like midnight to seven. That's how I work. So I've been staying up quite late, um, playing a lot of video games. And I think I played like a, that's the reason I was up till midnight last night. I was playing a, like a three hour match of uh, horde mode in Gears 5. I forgot how (laughs) long those matches take. And like by like it's 50 waves. And I mean, I'll talk about it later on, like in a couple episodes when I've actually managed to finish the game. But it was a three hour match. I kept looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, it's like, OK, it's 10 o'clock. I should be I should be wrapping up soon. Oh, it's 11. Oh, it's 1130. And then before I know it, it's like five after midnight. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I lost. Happy the, New Year. Yeah, happy new year. <laughs> but I lost in the 45th wave or something. I was like, thank God oh I lost. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to stop, but I don't want to quit because it's like an, you know how online games work. Like when you finish something, you get a, like a progress bar. And I ended up like leveling up 10 times because I had these like boosts from a Pringles can. Long story. I won't get into it. I mean, that's pretty much the story, but, um, (laughs) I was like, how much longer is that story? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's not really that long. It's, uh, it, it, that's the story, but I, I, yeah. So a three hour match of horde mode. And then I remember why. I don't remember why I thought I liked horde mode. And then I realized I, for, I keep forgetting it takes three hours, especially if you can make it to the final final um, encounter, I guess. But uh, anyways, that all being said, Happy New Year. Uh, I finished <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. You were right. I would text you at the moment I saw the thing you were referencing at the very end of the game. Uh, fantastic game, Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, it, oh my god, I just, I loved it so much, and I, I felt like maybe I hyped up the second to the last boss fight maybe a little bit, but I don't know, man, I still, I loved that encounter. I thought it was so interestingly designed and really put everything to the test. Like, the last boss was, like, kind of okay, like, you still had to use both your characters, and you still had to do most of your abilities, but I felt like you weren't challenged the way the uh, hotel owner challenged you. So like, just, just tell me, did I hype it up too much or did you enjoy it? Was it good? Were you like, yes, Jocelyn, you're right. (laughs) I I think uh, that second last boss where you, I mean, honestly, it's a Nintendo game. Like they set up the bosses pretty quickly. You know, the second last boss is the, as you said, the hotel owner. Uh, And yeah, that was a boss that it, it felt like every boss in the game used many of the mechanics well and it was mm-hmm. they were all different like luigi's mansion 3 is is a game of exploration it's a game of puzzle solving but it's also a game of unique boss battles 
And that final one uses pretty much everything except for maybe the dark, uh, the dark vision sort of uh, yeah i don't think you ever had to use your flashlight you didn't have to like stun any additional ghosts or anything well i guess you had to stun her you use the i mean you use the flashlight to also get the health and stuff off the walls and the vaults and stuff but but i I, you didn't have to reveal anything there was health in the walls yeah and they re (laughs) and they replenish as well so oh uh, man no wonder i thought it was so hard (laughs) well it it was just a long boss battle and i and i Mm. but it still felt it felt good. It was a lot of fun. It was hectic. Um, I think, I've, luckily, I was playing it when the kids weren't around because it was very hectic and I could not imagine. Usually when I'm playing Luigi's Mansion with the kids, it's half, you know, entertaining Katim and half yelling at Abby. <laughs> not yelling, but like asking her politely <laughs> to sit down because yeah. she's only interested You're managing for a more bit. than just what's on the screen. Yeah. So if I was doing that second lost boss battle, I would have been like, all right, we're pausing this. Dad's going to do it later. And um, and that's effectively what I did. I did finish the game and then I uh, loaded it back up with the kids and we, we went through and we got all the boos and we got all the gems um, throughout the whole game. And, and then we still wanted to play more. So I loaded up the online and that online with random people, it feels pretty good. Yeah, because um, we tried it, you and I, just on our own. But um, you went in and, and just went into like a public lobby and it was it was good. Yeah, so we played we played with three other randos and people would bounce out, but it would it would quickly fill up with another person. So we never felt like we were losing sort of momentum with a, with a, you know, less on our team. Uh, but yeah, we had fun with it. And the main reason I booted up the online is because I was looking at our collection and we had everything except for a completely empty row of rare ghosts. And I looked it up. So, uh, the way to get the rare ghosts is through the online mode, um, in, in the online sort of scare, I think it's the scare tower or scare scraper. Um, yeah. Yep. And yeah, it, it was a lot of fun and it's a great way to sort of extend the game. I was kind of a little, you know, apprehensive about the dlc being strictly multiplayer focused but if they're gonna lean more i I think they've completely unveiled what the dlc is gonna be and it's quite cheap i think it's like under 10 bucks uh if if it's a majority of like scare scraper stuff because i highly doubt i'm gonna check out the mini games it's just it's just me and the kids don't play yet yeah uh i could see myself enjoying more scare scraper if they were to add additional stuff but if it's just costumes i'm not terribly interested in it um i have to look into it but yeah i finished it i really enjoyed it i'm trying to kind of like play one game at a time um i think but you know the switch is kind of different it's a different little it's a different beast so i'm kind of playing pokemon now a little bit uh but i did finish luigi's mansion and uh that that game's fantastic honestly if anyone if anyone has a switch and they missed it i know jocelyn sang its praises for a good month after uh she had played it but seriously like get it it's one of, if if it's one of those games in 2019 you missed uh it's worth it's worth every penny for sure yeah i completely agree and i mean obviously i talked about it a lot and i don't want to go over it too too much more but uh yeah no it was really good and i think it's it says a lot that you not only went through and and beat the game but then also went through and got all the collectibles mm-hmm. and then still wanted more from the game like well <laughs> that it says was a lot so. it was not just me I, honestly i i was i was saying to the kids like okay so do you want to move on to pokemon because they're really enjoying pokemon seeing all mm-hmm. the different you know uh Little all animals. The different pokemon the <laughs> yeah. animals and the trainers and they like you know 
they, they like finding the trainers and, and, you know, battling the Pokemon and, and seeing all the different characters pop up. But they, they kept asking to play Luigi's Mansion. I'm like, well, we can, we can find all these gems and, you know, collect all these booze. Uh, and then we, and then, wow, we want to play more. So yeah, the online stuff kind of extended that a little bit and it was a lot of fun, uh, Mm -hmm. playing online. And I, I really think that for some reason with the 3DS and Luigi's Mansion 2, once I finished it, I put it away and there was an online mode there as well, but there's something about just being able to play on the big screen or on my handheld that's more appealing to me as opposed to the 3DS. It's, it just feels very separate from the rest of my gaming because I'm, I'm always I'm at home. I don't have a commute. Um, you know, I used to play on my lunch break, but those things they're still not great in the sunlight, right? Like trying to play yeah. outside uh, on a 3ds. Outside, gross. I just I don't know if you've tried it lately, but like it's still a problem for me. Like if the sun, if this, it, you got to be either like in direct shade or you, even then, it's just for some reason the screens they just it's really hard to tell what's going on i mean we're so spoiled by phone screens they look good no matter what but the yeah. 3ds is some old tech man um so yeah it's just it's not but the switch is different the switch is great i love it so i'm really happy with luigi mansion 3 yeah that's awesome and i mean we kind of played and granted we didn't play it on the switch but we played another switch ish game for our last extra life uh, stream of the year we played uh, more overcooked too because they had that um like holiday update mm-hmm and oh my god, I could not believe how difficult those levels were. <laughs> <laughs> and they were okay. So I didn't. We played a little bit of Overcooked two maybe a year ago. Uh, you, mm-hmm. myself, and Josh. Uh, I don't think it was quite a year ago. I thought it was a while. A while ago, ago anyway. For, yeah. It was, yeah. Was it for someone's? Was it for his extra life? Was it a game night? Was it that long ago? I feel like it was some. I think it was a game night. It was a while ago. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm misremembering, thinking it was more recent, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was like right when it, it was, came out, I think. Yeah. Um. Any, anyways, it, it doesn't matter. But I think with the winter update, I was going in expecting like, all right, like let's do a little more of this. But that winter update, it feels. I mean, I didn't play a lot of Overcooked two before this, but it feels like those mechanics they had us doing, like sort of the horde mode, like to defend against the the cookies type stuff mm-hmm. the desserts. yeah the cookies trying to break down our walls that felt so different from what i was expecting and so very hectic honestly uh when it was just you and i playing uh we were we, we were having a good time but then we pulled in uh alex abisu to 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 help us out and we were doing we were doing really well i felt like we we kind of started to click near the end we were doing really well and it's like oh man it's super late we should probably call it but uh Man, we had so it was so much fun. That hall, the, that that it being was a free ton, is amazing. Ton of fun. Yeah, oh. exactly. So they they've actually so it did come out. I went and looked it up while you were talking. Uh, it came out in August of 2018. So mm. I guess yeah, it, it's been out a lot longer than like I could have sworn it was like August 2019. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, they they've actually put out a lot of DLC and it's it's not too too expensive. But yeah, the winter update was uh, was free and. It was, I guess, a while ago that I played. Like, it, it took me a while to remember, like, mechanics of stuff, how you had to even, like, chop up ingredients and you couldn't just, you know, cook something. It had to be prepared first and, you know, just little things like that. I was like, oh, man, this game is so hard. And, we, it, you know, the fact that you can run into your mm. your co-cooks and get oh, in each god. other's way. Like, that, oh, my God, it was so hard. That was frustrating. That's so fun. But, I mean... And whenever I say it was frustrating, it was frustrating in a fun way in the sense that 
we're all doing it. You know, we're all running yeah, into each other. Yeah, I we're totally. All... Oh my god, I thought you were gonna quit after like probably about like forty five minutes <laughs> no. to an hour. I was like, oh, Ryan sounds like he's so frustrated. I think no. he's gonna leave. <laughs> I was having so. No, I was having a lot of. Even when people were bumping, I think I was like, I, again, it's all we we streamed it all, so it's all sort of captured. Um, but I but I feel when I was playing, I I, I was always just having fun. Um, and when when stuff like that would happen. I would probably make sounds that sounded frustrating, but honestly, I was having a blast. Uh, I loved every minute of it. And yeah, I, I think Alex even tweeted us. And he's like, hey, when are we going to play again? And I'm like, man, as soon as possible, because that was a lot of fun and hectic. I, and we have the yeah. game, right? So <laughs> we could pretty much play the whole thing if we wanted to. We didn't have to do the holiday stuff. I, did we jump out yeah, of the holiday think- stuff at some point? Uh, so we just, we didn't complete the holiday stuff. Oh. Um, and I, I think that it's really interesting and I think it's a good idea not to make the holiday stuff too easy. I mean, they've got to assume people have been playing the game for a year and a half, right? So, you know, they have to make it challenging, but yeah, jumping into that for us, I was like, I, I mean, I beat the game. Um, I don't think I ever got like, you know, three stars on all the levels or anything like that, but I at least got to the end of the game. And, uh, I don't remember it being that hard, but I also haven't played any of the DLC. So it probably kind of like ramped up to that level of difficulty. But yeah, I, I was glad that it was it was challenging and it wasn't like handholdy, like everyone just gets to finish it. And I don't know how long it's available for, but I would like to go in it and finish it up because uh, the content's really good. I would feel like I the way it read it sounded like it's a it's a permanent addition to the game it right? could it could be yeah it definitely could be i'm used to like wow that has a you mm-hmm. know events that rotate in and out right so because mm-hmm. i think it was uh it was a celebration of the season pass being complete so they have a season pass for overcooked 2 and they all the dlc is out for that and then this being a free edition you know nicely timed with the with the holidays but also just kind of as a cap of like okay all our dlc's done here's a kind of a, a free uh edition but i i honestly didn't anticipate it to be so large the fact that you said we didn't finish it i i felt like we were we, once we got a we were motoring through it but then we got into it was more of a um, it felt like a chinese new year type thing that yeah, was still I part feel, of it i think i think there's three worlds with three different themes and we got through like the christmas themed one and then there was a chinese new year one and i think there's one more after that hmm. okay so yeah there's still there's still tons of content to play and uh, i think the horde mode is part of um one of the previous dlcs like that it was introduced in one of the previous dlcs where like yeah the big angry they wouldn't be christmas cookies but you know the big angry insert enemy here you know has to be fed the right thing in order to actually complete and it was kind of funny because like it just it was so hard to even just like keep the order straight in some cases and it was so stressful with that horde mode and like are we supposed to you know open these gates or are we supposed to repair the walls or like what are we supposed to do and oh man it was stressful and then it was like i'd be waiting next to the gate waiting to open it and then someone would repair a wall and then we wouldn't have enough money to open the gate i was like no <laughs> I've been wasting so much time waiting for the money to take up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it was, that it was, was a, a lot of fun. It that was, was a lot key of fun. One. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go um, actually purchase the uh, the seasons pass and uh, and try out all of the other pieces of DLC because yeah, it's okay. I had so much fun in Overcooked that I actually went and found a mobile game 
And it is not like it's not overcooked on mobile, but it's as similar to that as I could find. It's like it's called uh, Cooking Adventures. And it's basically like one of those like time management type games where you have to like you have all your customers that come up to the counter and give you an order and then you have to like put it together and there's like cooking times. So it's kind of like overcooked, too. Hmm. Um, But you don't actually like run around a kitchen like your whole kitchen is at like the bottom of your screen sort of thing so it's it's like a tapping and and clicking and dragging type of a game but anyways i was like so in the mood for that with overcooked 2 that i went and found this mobile game that i could play while i was like in the car and stuff it is it is mobile game as hell guys like i am not recommending it by any stretch of the imagination because like every time i open the app it's like advertisement on top of advertisement on top of advertisement of like if you click away from this window you're gonna lose out on this value bundle and it'll never come up again and sure enough when i open the app again it's like hey we have another value bundle for you (laughs) and it's the kind of thing where like you have energy that replenishes over time and blah 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 and whatever so it's like it's it's mobile game is all get out i have so many currencies i don't even know what they're for (laughs) But I just I got like bitten by the overcooked bug. And as I'm saying all of this, I'm kind of realizing that I also have overcooked two on the switch. So I probably (sighs) could have just played on the switch. But uh, but yeah, I just I also don't play my switch when I'm laying in bed. I play on my phone. So well, I was going to say two just needs to come out on the phone. That's basically what I'm getting at. (laughs) Well, if you're looking so you played I I was kind of did a quick search on the app store and I know you're on iPhone as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cook Serve Delicious is a game that you're describing, but it's not um, it's not riddled with mobile stuff. So Cook Serve Delicious is a game where you you someone comes up to the counter, they order something, you prepare it really quick, and then you you kind of have to micromanage a bunch of different stuff. And there's two of them on PC, but I just did a quick search. There's one on mobile. So and that one you should play because it's actually good and won't be riddled with in-app purchases. It's free to start. And I think it. I checked the in-app purchases. It's like four bucks to uh, unlock. It's an older game. It's about a couple years old, but it's a lot of fun. I've never played it on mobile. Uh, loved it on PC. The sequel is also really good on PC. But yeah, Cook Serve Delicious is what you want to check out. I mean, you're you're back from your. I am downloading travel, it right now. <laughs> good. Play it. You'll love it. It's very much like what you described with the other mobile game that you bought or downloaded, uh, but probably isn't riddled with timers and in-app ads and all that garbage of you know garbage mobile games well and the thing yeah the thing that really bugs me the most out of the out of everything with the mobile game that i downloaded was that um it really felt like no matter how good i got like if i served all of my customers when they were at their like max amount of patience the exact order that they wanted then there were some times that I still would fail stages because every like basically what the mobile game was is like uh, you have uh, different restaurants. So like the first one is like a steak restaurant. Then you open a sushi restaurant. Then you open a, a cafe and it's all like coffee stuff. And each of those things like it just like you have to get a certain number of stars and there's like 50 levels within each one. And they get harder and harder and harder as they go on. And you have to earn a certain amount of money in order to get uh, like one, two or three stars and continue on to the next stage. Mm. So, again, very much like Overcooked. So there are some stages that even if you basically complete it perfectly, 
you can't actually pass the stage until you have like bought enough upgrades for the food in your kitchen so that you're serving air quotes like higher quality ingredients and so you can charge people more for them and in order to do that you have to spend all of these different currencies in order to upgrade all your equipment and things and it's very much like that really bothers me like if I can manage my time and do all my clicks perfectly and I still can't past the stage that I'm like oh man like that sucks like then I feel like oh you're just not balancing things <laughs> hmm. it's like I want stuff to make I want things to make my life easier and I want to have to upgrade stuff but at the same time I want if if just my skills at cooking in a mobile game are good enough then I want to be able to at least pass the stage with one star you know so anyways I didn't I wasn't even going to intend on talking about this because like I said, this mobile game is all get out. So like I, I'm not recommending it. It's very much like a time waster type of a game. But uh, but yeah, anyways, um, I, I, all of that basically just to say Overcooked 2 was really, really fun. And I'm now in this like cooking game headspace, like simulation yeah. time management, like you're yeah. you're gonna love cook serve delicious that is you're you're literally describing i've downloaded it now <laughs> yeah it's uh that that mobile game you played is pretty much just a ripoff of uh of that but you know some with a I'm, whole bunch of money wasting things layered on top of it yeah from the sounds of it like i hate to say like rip off i'm sure a lot of work went into it but it's it's very well, much those like... mobile games that use a concept and run with it right yeah, like I remember playing a game. I feel like it was back on in face on Facebook, like way, way, way back in the day. It was called Diner Dash. Mm. And it was the exact same thing. It's like you had customers with food orders and you had to put things together in the right order and then serve them up. And, you know, like it's not a new concept. It's just, you know, like who decides to make a good game versus, you know, who decides to try to just steal as much money from you as they possibly can basically <laughs> and like it's really funny because like one of the currencies in this game is tiaras and matt was like looking over my shoulder he's like you've got like six thousand tiaras like what is that even for i'm like i don't know so i went and looked and it's outfits for your chef except for you don't even see your chef when you're playing the game and nobody else sees your chef because it's a single player only like it's not an online anything so it's like you would just be buying the outfit for like when she first is standing there telling you what you have to do at the beginning of the stage like there's no reason for it whatsoever and i've never put real money into the game and Matt was like, you've got like 6,000. What can you buy? And so I mm -hmm. went into like the little store and the answer was nothing. I think I could get a, a different color on her chef hat. And he's like, you've had that game for a week. And he's like, you play that like a good two to three hours a day. He's like, as soon as your energy's back up again, you're in there playing the game again. So he's like, the fact that you can't buy any cosmetics is probably a really bad thing hmm. <laughs> and i was like yep but i like to think i just have a vault full of six thousand tiaras and that kind of makes me happy <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't like scrooge mcduck into it that might hurt but yeah there's probably a lot of a lot of really pokey pokey bits in a in yes. a room full of tiaras but you know yeah. it'd be super shiny and you know how much i like sparkly things yeah. so 
Anyways, that totally got sidetracked. <laughs> Overcooked 2, really good. I'm going to buy the the download, uh, the DLC, because, yeah, I had a yeah, lot of fun. It's probably on sale. I think the Steam sale is still running, right? So The Steam sale is still running because, guys, if you haven't played Dead by Daylight yet, guess what's on sale right now? Go all get Dead by Daylight. <laughs> all of Dead by Daylight is on sale. I actually, uh, yeah, I bought all the DLC for a friend because it cost me like 40 bucks, <laughs> and he's been playing a whole lot, but he has none of the DLC, so I was like, all right. I'm going to do this for Christmas. <laughs> and yeah, the Steam sale is amazing. It's like every, all the DLC is like half off. It's so good. So nice. yeah, you know, if if all of what I've done in 2019, all the talk about Dead by Daylight hasn't convinced you already to go and buy it for full price, go buy it now because it's super cheap. I still, I need to, I need to grab the Stranger Things one. I, I have the Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, I got, yeah, I got to look at that. There's the Stranger a... Things one is on sale, but I feel like it's not on sale as much as the other ones because no. it's one of the um, more recent deals. I think it's like 20%, so it's like down to like maybe yeah, 10 Yeah, and bucks. everything else I think is like 50 and 60%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely probably the most expensive one, but it's probably, it feels like it'd be the most premium. Offering. Well, yeah, because you get three characters, right? So you got one killer and two survivors, and all the other DLCs are two characters. So, huh. I mean, some of the DLCs actually are only one because it just comes with a killer. I think Ghostface only came with a killer. So, anyways, yeah. yeah. Steam over sale. Two, really good. Steam sale still happening. Uh, what else did you do over over your uh, your Christmas break? Yeah, so I I also I got some stuff for Christmas. I put a put together a list as one does. When you, I don't know why I'm explaining this concept, but I threw some tech stuff on there because I, you know, I have, so we have the, we both have the Switch. I think uh, I talked to Matt about this because I said like, have you ever played Smash Online and does it work? And he's like, oh, well, you need a, a LAN adapter. You need, or not a LAN adapter, but a, uh, an Ethernet, a USB Ethernet adapter to, to be able to do it. Because I guess the Wi-Fi kills it, like the intermittent signal. And I don't know. Oh, okay. I have no idea. Here's the thing. Um, a lot of people say that. I have not tested this out, but people swear that when you get a USB adapter for to be able to plug in uh, directly, it it's night and day. Uh, but you know, my PlayStation, my Xbox, they've been they've been wireless before. I play online games, some that require even more precision than than Smash Brothers. I mean, Smash Brothers is literally just a a big slap fight, right? Like, there's not precision <laughs> uh, for me. Anyways, I, I I'm sure there are people, there are players out there that <laughs> that play Smash. I don't want to upset like the pro Smash players. Not that, I mean, if you're listening, that's great. But I mean, not anymore. But um, I I feel like you know Xbox and PS4 have nailed that sort of Wi-Fi gaming. So I don't know if it's like the hardware and the Switch that just can't keep up. Nintendo's never done well for online. They always say, oh, if you have this adapter, it'll help. So I got one of those. Uh, I got to set it up still. I did get a new mouse though. I've had this like Logitech MX for a while, but it's one of those beefy mice with sort of the like thumb rest as well. So oftentimes, Ooh, when you're, yeah, fancy. well, it's fancy. But then you think about gaming wise, you're you're having sometimes you're having to like pick up the mouse to kind of make large movements. Um, I, I don't know if you've experienced that, but uh, I experienced it with this MX. So I said to Ashley, like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to get. No, a smaller wireless mouse. So I saw that this uh, Logitech uh, G305 was highly reviewed. It's like a high-speed gaming wireless mouse, uh, and I've been using it. And the cool thing about it is that the the switcher button below the scroll wheel can change the DPI like at a moment's notice. So depending on what game you're playing, you can kind of just hit a button, 
and then it changes your DPI to be like so your mouse cursor moves a lot faster or a lot slower depending on what you're playing. So for like, I feel like I would hit that by accident all the time. <laughs> uh, it's actually not. It's not that easy. I find um, unless maybe you're like really jamming on that like, scroll wheel, <laughs> like and you're slipping and then you're hitting it below that. But I mean, if you're if you're keeping your fingers in check, you should be. It's it's been <laughs> fine. I mean, I'm not playing. You know me. I'm not playing like Twitch shooters very often, so I'm not like mashing on the mouse. Uh, but I have enjoyed it. I played a couple games with it and it's been very good. Uh, and I also got ring fit adventure for Christmas and, and like any other fitness product, it is still in the box. (laughs) Uh, even though today is January 1st, uh, as a lot of people do often kind of look at fitness stuff on January 1st, but, um, I'm planning on introducing it to my routine. I don't know if you've played any more since we've played, um, but uh, a little bit, but I'm basically doing the same thing that you're doing is like, I'm trying to essentially change everything that I'm doing, like change all my habits and stuff. Not necessarily, not as a new year's resolution, but just mm. as a, like a thing I want to do. And since I'm starting a new full-time job next week, I kind of want to like with that new job, I want to also change my, uh, like my habits yeah, because you're gonna have to. If pack that makes lunch. sense, so it just so happens I got a new job in January. Mm-hmm. Not so much that you know, I have a resolution now. It's just that you know I have a new job, so I want to change up my sleep schedule and and my eating habits and kind of everything all together. And so as a result of that, I'm also going to put Ring Fit Adventure into my actual like routine. Is is my basic plan? <laughs> yeah. So like uh, you know. <laughs> This is all going to sound like New Year's excuses, but I agree. I'm in the same boat where I'm I'm waiting to go back to work. Uh, I'm on holiday still. The whole family has been taking turns being sick. The kids' sleep schedule was... Honestly, if you want to hear the long version of this, you can tune into Dungeons & Diapers uh, this week. It's probably going to be a majority of what I talk about, but it, it, the holidays were a bit of a shit show in terms of uh, the kids just having everything interrupted, their sleep schedules uh their 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 entire schedule really so it's really thrown everything off and i just said to ashley's like look i'll start running again when we go back to work i'll break i'll play ring fit adventure when i get back to work and back on a normal schedule because i don't want to be like saying to her like oh don't worry the you know i think we got it on sale but like the 80 dollar box of plastic it's fine don't worry about it i'll play eventually <laughs> uh i mean she saw how much we we had a, we had a blast with it i mean she was here i mean obviously she enjoyed it cuz she got to see yeah. us flail around but um <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it i get it, it's still in the box uh, i'm joking a little bit i did open it and kind of like look at it but <laughs> i'm planning on playing it eventually and hopefully we can get some more time in it because I, I have a feeling it gets a little more in-depth as as you go forward we we just scratched the surface when we first talked about it so oh, yeah 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 i want to play a bit of it and talk about it once i've had some more time with it but uh alas i gotta wait until i get back into a normal routine yeah yeah me too so i i am looking forward to to trying it out a little bit more getting a little further and seeing how it really fits in like you said we just scratched the surface so mm-hmm. i mean once i get to the end of like the adventure like what does that look like is it the kind of thing that you play over and over again do you just like go in and, and make your own workout routine or what so 
yeah, I'm I'm glad that you got one and and we'll be able to kind of figure that out together. So it'll be like we're like workout buddies, but yeah. like in video games. And I wonder if there maybe will be some sort of like leaderboards or something that we can kind of Maybe. That would be really cool. We should uh yeah, we'll we'll get into that more uh at a later date, I guess. Mm. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Honestly, I'm I'm thinking I'll probably offset sort of my run, so I'll run one day and then play Ring Fit Adventure the day after or something just to kind of keep things moving mix it up yeah yeah keep things moving <laughs> you, you know what i mean yeah uh well the other thing that i was doing basically once we got back from all the crazy travel that we did over the course of the holidays uh we decided to basically have a, a chill day and totally binged all of the witcher tv show which apparently we're not the only ones apparently it is super super popular on netflix right now and there are more people playing The Witcher 3 on Steam than when the game actually launched, which I'm really not surprised because as soon as we finished uh, like the series, I was like, OK, first of all, I need season two right now. And mm -hmm. second of all, I want to go read the books. And then after I'm done reading all the books, I want to go play the game. So actually, my husband is literally upstairs right now playing The Witcher 3. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, as soon as we finished watching the series, that was what he went and did. He went and reinstalled Witcher 3 and started playing the game because he just wanted to be, like, be more in that world. And he's already played it all the way through and beaten it once already. So he just wanted to be back in that universe. And as someone who never played 1 or 2 and only scratched the surface of 3, I will say, like, just looking over his shoulder while he's playing three, I'm like, oh, my God. I thought that the thumbnails of Geralt, like, in Witcher 3 were actually, like, photos of Henry Cavill. Like, I can't believe how good that casting is. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, just to preface this whole conversation, because, again, we are we are shoehorning the Witcher Netflix in here. And don't judge us because we really enjoyed it. It's really good. Um, but it's it is based on the books before anyone, you know, jumps into yes. Discord and states yeah. it's based on the books. We understand. Uh, yeah. But uh, I found this new story so we could talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've watched a couple episodes. Uh, I've played a lot of The Witcher games. I've finished uh, two and three. And the one thing I noticed from the first two episodes of The Witcher is that they, I feel like they really nailed the universe, even though I haven't read the books. And I think that speaks well to, speaks to how well the game adapted the universe and how well the Netflix series has adapted the universe because you feel like they could take, they, you feel like they could take place in the same connected world, right? Even though the, the show and the games are technically separate adaptations uh, of this book, but I was surprised how good it is. I mean, we were talking pre-show, you know, it, it, it could be the perception that, oh, this is based on a game or connected to a game. Who knows if it's going to be good. It's Netflix. We can question the content there because they've been kind of hit and miss. Uh, but books haven't been the greatest adaptations lately either. Like they've been hit and miss. But I was surprised. It's really, there's something about it. It's really, really, really good. Like I watched one episode a couple days ago. It was quite late. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'll start the next episode and like stop halfway through. Uh, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop. <laughs> right. I had to finish it. And I'm like, okay, I can't start another episode because it's one o'clock and uh, I'm not tempting fate once again. One but... thing, one thing I will say mm -hmm. is make sure the kids are in bed. There oh. are some episodes that they should not see. I mean, there is like super gore and lots of boobies <laughs> yeah the, well the first episode uh, pretty yeah. much has a scene where it's like 
it, it's very Game of Thrones, and it was just like, you know, naked women walking around in the background, and it's totally like, yeah. I created this because uh, I'm, you know, I'm here by myself and... Uh, oh, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. And oh, I forgot about that. He looked so <laughs> familiar and I couldn't place it. And I'm like, who is this guy? And it's Matt Mickelson's brother, uh, oh. Lars Mickelson. And <laughs> and you see him and it's like, it looks and it sounds like Mads, but there's something off about it. Like, is it prosthetics? Is it, you know... <laughs> And it's just his brother. And I thought, oh, that's delightful. You know, uh, I think that's great. There's a lot of great casting in this. I have not read the books, so I don't understand. So my perception of the characters is is a little different, right? So I've got, um, and I've only watched the first two episodes, but the characters introduced very early on. You've got Ciri, uh, Yennefer's in there. They're present in the third game, um, but that's further on into the story right so what i'm seeing here is a bit disconnecting for me because i'm like i don't really know how this all connects but um my perception of the show is that it's it's telling the story before any of the games uh because the, yeah, yeah it is and it's it's kind of funny because there's uh and i, d- I don't want to spoil too much of this i mm-hmm. feel like you kind of figure it out a few episodes in but I like I don't really want to spoil too too much stuff, so I I, think, I don't really know what to say or not to say. But, no. Um, um. Yeah, there's definitely everything that happens over the course of the TV show happens before the events that the video game picks up in The Witcher, like the first one. Um. So all of this happens before. And that's that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that makes sense. I, I haven't finished it. Um, the Witcher one is basically Geralt starts with amnesia. He clearly doesn't have an amnesia in the series so far, from what yeah. I've experienced. <laughs> um, and I've re- I, I was reading some tidbits. Uh, the the showrunner, both the writer and I think she directed a couple of the episodes. Uh, but she basically did all the world building uh, from the adaptation of the of the book to the to the to the netflix screen i guess uh i think and her first name is lauren i don't know i can't pick her last name out of out of thin air but uh she was interact she's very vocal on twitter like very active in terms of like talking about the process uh, mm-hmm. of adapting the witcher and there's some great featurettes out there where they actually involve the author i mean that's a big thing about the games is that it really didn't involve the author it, it gave full you know sort of props to the author in creating this world but in terms of adapting it and creating it, he's been very separate from the from CD Projekt Red in the game. Uh, to, there's some probably really interesting news stories out there you could probably dig up where he pretty much does not like the games or CD Projekt Red for that matter. Um, <laughs> but the 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 showrunner, uh, she's she was saying something about like how the way they adapted the first season, they wanted to do it in a way where they could introduce everyone's favorite characters without having to wait literal seasons for us to introduce certain characters um and i I really appreciate that side of it because i think the second season isn't due until like 2021 Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh which is a long way i want it now i want it now so bad like and i get it that they you know that they're putting a lot of effort in and all this takes time and stuff but oh man the first season was so good i might actually go back and rewatch it and like i said i'm i want to go read all the books and yeah there's just oh man it's such a cool universe and mm-hmm. I know that there's like a lot of you out there that played all the Witcher games and they're like, uh, duh, Joss, come on, like get on this bandwagon. 
But for whatever reason, like, I mean, I never made it out of the first town in The Witcher 3, and I hadn't played the first two games. So, like, I just, it's not necessarily that the world didn't grab me at that time. It's just, like, I can't even remember because I didn't play Witcher 3 when it first launched. And so I can't even remember. I think it was just that there was a lot of hype around it and everyone was talking about how great it was. And I was just like, okay. And I tried to get into it, but there was other stuff that was coming out. And so I never ended up really, you know, sinking my teeth into it. And now I'm like watching this TV show and I'm like, man, this is right up my alley. Like I'm really missing out. So So what I would suggest to you, if you do want to kind of get a taste, I think the problem with The Witcher 3, especially if you're coming in like, okay, what is this? I got to check it out. Uh, It's very dense and it's a huge world with a lot of quests. And that's been my struggle. Like, I did reinstall The Witcher 3, but I have no intention on playing that main game. Uh, it's just too big for me to dabble. I'll end up mm-hmm. sinking too many hours into it, and I won't get what I'm looking for, which is that sort of like uh, just that taste of of more of this world. There's DLC for it. It's very much on sale right now. You might already own it based on what version you bought, but there's a couple of uh, there's two expansions. The first one, I think, is Heart of Heart and Stone, and it's just a smaller, lighter sort of package, and I think that's what I'm going to play because I feel like that's an, that's attainable. Like, you can jump in. It allows you to create a character um, tuned to that level, so you just go in, play that sort of uh, that chunk of content, and then you've done it. It's a complete side story. You've experienced the world. You've experienced new characters. You, you get to play as Geralt. And then you move on. And then there's a larger one, Blood and Wine, which is a whole new region and a much a larger story that you could experience, but still bite size in comparison to the main game. That's sort of going to be my focus when I eventually do finish The Witcher on Netflix. I'll probably look at those uh, DLCs. And I know they're on sale. I think on, on Xbox, the season pass is like 10 bucks, And then probably on Steam, it's probably even less wherever you... Wherever you have The Witcher 3, I'm sure you could pick up that DLC for next to nothing. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have it on on Steam is mm-hmm. where I bought it, which also might be another piece of that puzzle, right? Is that I tend to really enjoy when I can sit on the couch and play some of these big, huge, long games because I play, you know, DVD and Warcraft and Hearthstone all on my PC. So when I'm looking at these single player experiences, I usually have a lot more fun when I'm like sitting up on the couch and playing because mm-hmm. then I can just sit back and relax and enjoy the story. And then it's like, yeah, I'm playing a game, but also almost like watching a movie or something. And I don't get that same feeling on the PC. So maybe that's just my problem is I need it on a different platform. And like you say, it's been out forever. So it's well, probably like super cheap. It's on Game Pass. So you could. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, the DLC <laughs> I is getting. I have that. Oh, my God. I need to like make a big poster and put it in my office and be like here's all the gaming subscription things that you have like go check these and see what's available because holy crap i'm spending so much money on these services and definitely not taking proper advantage so what i would say to you is there's a great app for game pass it's the xbox game pass app on ios and android uh i use it it's it's a it's a great setup you can you know remote install uh, games to both your Xbox or your PC. Uh, like I said, Witcher 3 is, is part of Game Pass, and they're running a sale right now until the second where you could get the, the DLC, one or both, for a discounted price, and then you already own the base game based on having Game Pass, and then you could check out that that DLC for like four bucks. Like I said, I, I think 
in terms of everything that's going on uh, and all the games we want to play, I am being very realistic and saying, like, I'm not even going to go near that main game because if I do, I'm just going to spend six hours trying to figure out where I left off. And I'm hoping if I just jump into the DLC, it'll be an easy enough sort of transition that I can actually get something done <laughs> as opposed yeah. to just running around getting killed by random monsters, right? So, yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go check it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Or you just watch oh, The Witcher God. again. <laughs> or I can just watch The Witcher again. Yeah. Oh, man. It was so good. It's so good. Uh, if you guys like the content that we produce, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in to support the show. Also, uh, we did wrap up Extra Life. Uh, it is, like we said, January 1st, 2020 today. So our 2019 Extra Life campaign is over. Thank you to everyone who donated. Thank you to everyone who shared the links and who uh, showed up for the streams. We did very very well the team this year raised uh over thirty five hundred dollars so we raised uh three thousand six hundred seventy one dollars and forty seven cents uh yeah that was it was such a great year yeah it's that's an incredible amount i it's yeah it's kind of mind-blowing i'll be honest (laughs) i remember when we started doing this we this is our eighth year uh I think when we the first year we did it, we were just like, I don't know, we're gonna play some games, people donate, and we we had some pretty uh, stellar support in our first year, and I think it's just it's grown ever since. And uh, for this, uh, which is great, I feel yeah. like it's the kind. Of, well, first of all, obviously, it's a great cause. We wouldn't be putting in all this time and effort if we didn't think that it was an amazing cause. Uh, Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals does so much great work, and. I mean, Ryan and I play for sick kids in Toronto, but there are a lot of um, basically hospital associations around the world, really, that uh, make just such good use of this money. Because, I mean, especially around the holidays, like having to have either be a sick kid or have a sick kid in the hospital around the holidays must just be awful. And and we heard, I think, um, a couple of years ago, we had a representative from uh, one of the hospitals down in Texas uh, on the show to kick off our extra life uh, campaign and she was talking about how like the the money's basically used to not necessarily for for treatment options but for you know making the hospital feel less hospitally and make it feel a little bit more homey kind of help take the kids minds off stuff and and relieve the parents burdens a little bit so i mean it just it's such a great cause and i mean i love doing it every year and you're right. It's just it's grown so much. And I think a lot of people now that we've been doing this for a few years, they kind of like save up their charity money <laughs> to mm-hmm. support us with Extra Life. And that's a really, really great feeling. Yeah. No, I, I've I've really uh, appreciated the support that, that people, you know, bring each and every year. And uh, it's just a really cool way for the community to to get together and and support a great cause uh you know it is a technically a year-long thing i saw you know basically extra this is the last day it's like hey 2020 uh we we normally focus in like the fall range but uh it's a great cause and if anyone's interested in checking it out definitely go to i think it's extra-life.org uh they have a a lot of great resources they've even announced the game day for next year i think it's november 7th aka basically when blizzcon is blizzcon day (laughs) and uh i would imagine blizzcon would be big this year so it's big every year for that part but uh i don't get it i don't understand it i don't like it i don't know why they do that 
Yeah. Yeah. But you know, whatever, like you said, we focus on it during the fall. So, uh, yeah, we'll have, uh, lots and lots of game days. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. And of course it is 2020. So we're going to take a little bit of a look forward and talk about, uh, very, very briefly. Cause I mean, we've already been talking and I went into that whole big cooking mobile game rant. So, I mean, we're already running <laughs> a little bit long, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our uh, most anticipated titles in 2020. So we've got a link in the show notes to a Polygon uh, article, but basically it's just showing uh, the 50 most anticipated games for 2020. We're not going to go through all 50 of them, but there's some real gems on that list. And uh, some of them that we're excited about probably aren't going to surprise you guys. So like for me, I can't wait for Little Hope, which is the next entry into the Dark Pictures Anthology. I think I was talking about that last episode when we were talking about Game of the Year because I was talking about uh, Man of Medan made my list. So mm. this is the next one. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's great that they are doing they're taking the anthology series. Well, seriously, and that they're doing <laughs> more of these. Uh, I think when Until Until Dawn came out, it was really surprising. They kind of dropped it like a hot potato. You know, it was. It was a game they worked on for a very long time and it kept getting delayed and, and then finally came out. And I think they did a VR follow-up, which obviously neither of us played. Um, no, no, I no, I would not play that. <laughs> but uh, Man of Medan was really cool and I can't wait to see what they do next. And I think it's February-ish that it's coming out. It's early, right? Uh, I think it is. I think it is pretty early. Hang on. Um, I don't remember... Hmm... I feel like they did like a spring 2020 trailer. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. It's not in the article. So I felt like it was sooner rather than later. But I, I yeah, sure. I don't think that they've actually announced an update for it. I think 2020 is all we know. I kind of thought it was summer 2020, but um. Yeah, I don't think that there's any I don't think there's any hard release date yet and I don't see anything as mm. I'm as I'm kind of scrolling through Google right now. I don't think that there's anything but um yeah, I got the feeling that it was coming in um like summer, but that could just be from the trailer. Maybe it gave me summer vibes, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. All we know is 2020. All we know is next year. And and these games are so great because they're like middle of the road went like cost wise but i'm really interested to see if it's going to play out and and make use of the co-op stuff and the and the dual-sided story the way that uh, man and madan did because i thought that that was a really neat take on this kind of like walking simulator quick time event genre <laughs> like yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they're what they're going to be coming out with in the next part of the anthology and and how all this stuff is going to fit together and if there is actually like a bigger story with the guy in the library who is going to be like the I think he's the curator or something I think is what he's actually called but if they're actually going to have an overarching story between all of these different entries into the anthology series so um, even because obviously um, like Man of Medan and Little Hope they're not going to have the same people, the same characters, any of that. Like they're not, those two individual stories aren't tied together. They're just tied together by this weird library with all of these different books and this curator figure that's kind of going through them with you. So I'm interested to know if there's a larger story 
kind of outside of the smaller stories, if that makes sense. No, Do you know what I'm trying to get at? <laughs> I, I, no, I get it. Uh, and I mean, yeah. the Dark Pictures anthology, I think, is is kind of the overarching title yeah, of that's the series. What the, exactly, yeah. And, and then they all have these subtitles of, of you know, Man of Medan, mm-hmm. Little Hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I could see that happening. Uh, there being sort of a an overarching... Uh, story because they 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 make you jump right in in man of a dam where it's like oh i'm gonna tell you this story and it's gonna be great and it was uh i didn't make it sound like it was great but um i'm i'm gonna pick it up on steam because i had it on xbox and obviously um if it's available on pc most of the folks i play games with are gonna get it there so my plan is to pick up little hope on pc because i never experienced the co-op uh and i want to i want to check that out when it comes well when it finally launches so yeah, but I'm hoping there's a little bit more to the outside the story story, if yeah that makes sense. Um, you know, one we do have a release date for that I know isn't on your list is uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is out March 20th. Uh, actually, the same day as Doom Eternal, which is March 20th as well. Those two games I am looking forward to, but based on uh, my... <laughs> My personal life in late March, I think Animal Crossing is probably going to be more sustainable than uh, a Twitch shooter on PC. So uh, I'm really looking forward to Animal Crossing. It's been too long since we've had a console version, uh, and I just can't wait. I love that 3DS version. I know, Jocelyn, you jumped on board after everyone kind of like... I know. I was so late to that party, and I can't decide now if I'm going to get this new Animal Crossing game or if I'm just going to let it go. Get it day one. I don't know. I, can't, I know, but I... Ugh. Because I've never had a good experience in an Animal Crossing game because I'm always late to them, I'm like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Like, I haven't ever liked an Animal Crossing game, but I've also never done it, like, day one. I I have a bold prediction. I don't know, prediction. Ryan, tell me what to do. I, okay, I have a bold prediction about Animal Crossing, and this might influence one way or another, but I have a feeling that Animal Crossing will hit so big that we are going to have to create an Animal Crossing Discord chat, and it is going Whoa, to be active. Oh, really? I think so. Uh, not voice chat, but I think... Uh, oh, maybe No, but voice like chat. a... Yeah. But like a text channel, so that it doesn't take over general in the TGI Discord. I, I have a feeling... Damn, we haven't done that since like Fire Emblem. I know. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not announcing any sort of spinoff show here because I've got <laughs> enough on my plate, uh, you know, going back to the original conversation. The March of, 2020 conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Animal Crossing. Yes, I, I think you should pick it up. You should plan to pick it up. Um, it looks really cool. You can have like eight people on your island at any time. And it's just it's it's just uh, it's good. It's good vacation fodder. It's good. Shut your brain off fodder. Just play some games collect some fruit sell some onions i mean doesn't that sound nice that sounds nice. i guess i guess i'll probably give it a look i mean when i'm not looking at keanu that is because cyberpunk 2077 is also coming out next year and mm. that's one i'm super stoked about it looks like funky and cool and i mean obviously it has keanu so yeah <laughs> i this one you know I've been waiting a long time. So the CD Projekt Red officially announced it in 2013. And now it's coming out seven years later. Obviously, there's a lot of work as they, you know, finished up, finished up The Witcher 3. Uh, but Cyberpunk 2077, I don't know a lot about it. I just know I like the way CD Projekt Red puts together a game. So I've watched a couple of the trailers. I've seen some of the cinematics. Yes, Keanu's in it. 
but I don't know much outside of that. I know it's like a first person shooter style game. And outside of that, I haven't really watched a lot of the gameplay and stuff. I just know that it looks rad and it looks like the type of game that I'm going to want to try to play. I probably won't finish it. I mean, I know it's going to be like a hundred hour plus RPG, but I love that there's a bunch of character customization. I can make whatever character I want. I'm not stuck to sort of a, um, well, a Geralt of Rivia situation where it's like I have mm. to play as this guy. I can pretty much make whatever character I want and then change it whenever I want because that's the whole point of this cyberpunk world is that there's nothing tying you down. Like all these mods you can make, like you can replace everything from what I can under- from what I've been able to glean from the press and uh, materials and whatnot. But yeah, I'm really looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, that's kind of. That's kind of the thing about cyberpunk, or at least for me, is like it seems to have a lot of interesting world building potential. And I'm not a huge, huge, huge. um, Like just sci fi fan, like really far future space stuff. But I tend to really like things that are like near future sci fi. So it's, you know, skipping ahead, you know, 20 to 50 years. I find really interesting. So I feel like I'm going to like this world. And to the point that, like, if they tell a good enough story, I'm hoping I forget it's a first-person shooter. Because I'm not a huge fan of first-person shooters. I'm not very good at them. Mm -hmm. But if the game and everything that's built around a first-person shooter mechanic is is interesting enough, then I feel like that's where I start to get really interested. So that's kind of my hope for Cyberpunk 2077 is because it is from CD Projekt Red and because it's from you know, like the, the minds that have brought us all these other amazing games. Like I, I, I have a lot of faith in them and their ability to tell a really good story. So it makes me want to know what's going on there, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, and they're kind of checking all the right sci-fi boxes for me personally. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for that one. Um, Another one I'm really excited for is humankind. And this one is really interesting because I just, I love Civ so much. Right. So Humankind is is kind of in the same vein, I guess, right? Turn-based strategy, civilization building, super awesome video game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it. I think I watched, uh, there was a trailer for it, and it looked, I think they played it, it was during Gamescom, there was a sort of a presentation on it. It looks really interesting in that you can kind of, as you said, like you build you're, you're not tied to, oh, I'm playing as the Greek civilization. No, you're playing as the Jocelyn civilization, and you're going to evolve it however way you see fit. Like, you're not tied to um, the specifics of, you know, if you're Canada, you're building a you're, you're building a hockey club, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so in, in civilization, in like Sid Meier's civilizations, it's very much um, you play as the Egyptians or the Romans or the Greeks or whatever, and they have very like specialized units and everything else. Whereas humankind is very much like you get to decide what your civilization looks like and you can pull like you pull from stuff and you kind of combine a whole bunch of different stuff to, like you say, make a very Jocelyn or Ryan civilization and, and what that might look like. So maybe you pull all of the best military from all of these other, you know, pieces of of other civilizations and you grow this like grand militaristic take over the world society maybe you go more like you know 
traditional real life Gandhi and and pick all the most peaceful things. Maybe you go like cultural. Maybe you try to get a mix. But, you know, you can pull from different parts at different times in, in the evolution of the world, which I think is super cool. And mm. so I'm looking forward to to being able to kind of build my own civilization in with, you know, assuming it's going to be a really interesting strategy game in the same way that Civ is. Because, I mean, God, I've loved Civ for so long. It's just oh, such a good franchise. And so I've always been excited to see what's coming up in that vein, but also any of the competitors to that, right? Like, give me a good civilization building game and I'm all over it. Like, mm -hmm. turn that's like the only... Well, I guess I don't mind turn-based strategy games. Generally, I don't like turn-based combat stuff, which I know I just finished playing like 50 hours of Pokemon, but... Still, <laughs> oh, I don't play Pokemon for the strategy. I play Pokemon for the adorable little Pokemons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was texting you, not to break and go elsewhere, but when we talk about Pokemon, when I finally got a chance to dive into it, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, there's something about that game. But um, I, I think for me, there's a couple on this list, uh, like Half-Life Alex as a, a sort of a... I know it's a VR game, but it's sort of a uh, an innocent bystander. I want to see what Half-Life means to Valve so long after ditching it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't even want to pick a comparison because it would just feel so mean to Half-Life. Like, think of it. It's like this way. It'd be like, it'd be like Nintendo going, like, eh, we're not going to make Zelda games anymore. We're just done. And, and they just never go back to it. And when they do, you know, 16 years later, they make a VR Zelda game. Like, uh, that's uh, probably not going to go over well with folks. So I'm, I'm interested to see what their return to the franchise is. I do have access to a VR setup, but it's just such a hassle to play, like, big experiences with, with that headset that I have. Um, but I know if people... I know Jim, uh, uh, you know, one of our listeners, he picked up a an oculus quest and they have the ability now where you can plug it into your computer and use it as a sort of a rift-esque headset and it, it basically works one-to-one -one, similar to if you had a rift s uh so I, that might be something i look at is, is looking at a quest if this thing goes over gangbusters um i would never buy 700 dollars worth of hardware for one game which brings me to my next one which is halo infinite <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for halo i'm a huge halo fan and we've talked a little bit about this you know last year or well yeah last year uh yeah. <laughs> when we talked about you know microsoft series x the new console and me not really being that interested in picking up an 800 piece of hardware right away like i i can't see myself having the time or finances to to do that uh but knowing that i have an xbox one x and a pc that can play halo infinite at launch uh i'm hoping that the gap in technical power won't be too great that I feel I, I need to play a, a, a franchise I very much love uh, in the best possible, you know, uh, way, you know, Series X is probably going to be the best way to play it. But I'm hoping that with my other options, I can at least get up there, you know, close enough that I'm content with what I'm seeing. I have mm. a feeling I'll be fine. Because uh, again, I'm not buying... This isn't Zelda or Mario where I absolutely will buy a Switch on day one for, for one game. Um, but I'm I'm content to wait for Series X and PS5 for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm still looking forward to Halo. Uh, more Halo is great. Give me more Halo for sure. 
Well, and speaking of Zelda, that's one of the we don't have a solid release date for. We don't even have a solid release year. But that being said, I think I'm kind of on board with Polygon here talking about how the Breath of the Wild follow up could potentially be coming in kind of like late fall, like November ish of next year, or I guess of this year (laughs) of 2020, because they already had a trailer like ready to go for E3. Mm hmm. It's a direct follow-up on Breath of the Wild, which makes me think that they're not creating sort of any new, like, tech or anything else. They'll probably, like, they might do a little bit more world-building, but maybe they can reuse things, like, depending on exactly what kind of a story they're telling. They could even just, like, reuse the base map. Like, I, I have no idea. Nobody really has any idea. But the stuff that we do know is that it is a direct follow-up to Breath of the Wild, that was originally going to be DLC that they've now kind of like rolled off into its own game, which makes me think it's a lot closer than we might be used to with traditional Zelda like development cycles, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I, I think this is closer than if it was, you know, going to be its own thing, if it was going to be, you know, like Majora's Mask was to Ocarina of Time, you know, like that kind of thing. So I, I think that this might be closer than some people think. And so I'm anticipating mm-hmm. <laughs> the next uh, Legend of Zelda. And I hope that even though it's going to be built in a lot of the same, you know, tech and areas and, and characters and everything else, like even though it is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, I really hope that they took the time to really read the reviews and didn't just look at everything and go, Oh, we got 10 out of 10 across the board from everybody. Mm. Everything was perfect. Nothing should be changed. <laughs> you know, like I hope they, they take some of the the criticisms that were levied towards breath of the wild and maybe think about changing some stuff because I think there were some big issues with breath of the wild. And I mean, obviously we've gone over breath of the wild quite a few times and over the course of uh, the gamers in and the history since the game has been out. But I think there are some things that could be changed about that game that would have made it very close to a perfect title. So I I want to see them take that criticism (laughs) that was kind of buried in some of the review text. But, you know, it was there. I hope they listened and and I hope they make some changes like, yeah, Yeah. weapon durability, guys. Just just you got to change that system. I'm not even saying get rid of it completely, but just, yeah, make some changes. Mm. Oh, man, make some changes. I feel like that's possible. And looking at the way Nintendo often works is they're not afraid to put a giant franchise up against the other behemoths in the room. The Xbox or the Series X and the PS5 launching this holiday is very much been a telegraphed sort of thing for years pretty much right. the so development of like, this game really yeah so it feels like nintendo should probably aim to get this game out if it is as far into development as i feel like it probably is they should be aiming to to have something out to go up against playstation and xbox right i, I mean either that or get out of the way i mean i'm not saying get out of the way is a strong business decision but if you have nothing then that's better than trying to throw like a like a small stone i'm not saying you know breath of the wild has proven to be this immense you know people pleaser on the switch it's basically the reason the switch just shot right out of the gate Uh, i I don't even think mario could stand against large 
console launches. I, I, I mean, maybe Mario has a shot. I don't even think Pokemon could do it. I do. I, I think there will be another Pokemon game uh, this ho- the next holiday season because that's kind of how those games develop. They put they put the two out and then they put the deluxe version out, which is sort of a combination mix match uh, with some additional features. But I don't even think that's enough to combat the Series X and the PS5. But but Breath of the Wild. Thank you, Siri. Breath of the Wild uh, <laughs> two. It's the only one that comes it to mind. It would compete. Yeah, it would definitely compete. Definitely and I think compete. that, yeah, I think that Nintendo should be looking at doing that, and and I think that they really could with a with a Breath of the Wild too. Um, other than that, I mean, the new Ori game is coming out. I've talked about that a couple times, and then last on my list the that I kind of pulled from Polygon's fifty most anticipated was Watch Dogs Legion because I kind of liked the first games, and I'm I'm kind of stoked about mm-hmm. Legion. I think it looks cool. Yeah. Again, it's it's that kind of like sci-fi futuristic stuff, but it's not like way into the future. And so again, it's kind of falling right in that area that's kind of my jam where, you know, like the 20 to 50 years ahead of now. It's actually why I loved Horizon Zero Dawn so much mm-hmm. is because, you know, discovering the story of the civilization that collapsed, like the that collapse happened kind of in the time that we're currently living in, in the, you know, 2010 to 2060 sort of period and and that was why the horizon zero dawn story grabbed me so much and it seems like watchdogs and cyberpunk are really kind of in that same sort of time timeline that same area and that's that's what i want to explore and and i'm excited that there's some more games coming out that are doing that and that includes a uh, watchdogs legion so yeah i'm stoked there there's a couple other here that i i can quickly mention i mean the last of us part two no brainer people know that i'm yeah all over like, that. i know ryan's gonna mention this so i'm just yeah like that's obviously gonna be on our list yeah <laughs> and ryan's i mean anyway <laughs> that one's a done deal like i know it's gonna be great uh resident evil remake resident evil 3 remake i'm excited i loved i mean resident right, evil 2 too. yeah it made it on my list and i and that's a game i hadn't experienced before so i'm excited to uh experience it similar to resident evil 2 and just my final shout out that i'll give and there's a lot of there's a lot of games on this list so it's no personal slight to not mention it uh but i i have to say i'm cautiously cautious about marvel's i was gonna say cautiously cautiously optimistic but i'm not even optimistic i'm kind of (laughs) just i want it to be good but i won't be surprised if it's not i was just like ugh. and i think like i'm just I'm a little burnt out on superhero mm-hmm. stuff, I think. Uh, now that the, you know, final Avengers, that whole arc is is kind of done now. Like, we've we've seen, you know, it was what, like, was it 20 years or 15 years? 10, I don't 10 even 12 now. years. Yeah, like, it uh, was but that's such a long time. A long time. Yeah, for, for a movie franchise, for a universe to be telling a story, it's like, now it's it's done and so I just don't want to see any more right now. Like, I would like a break from superheroes. I, and, and I feel you on that. I mean... Yeah, that is not the way they're going. So. No. And, I mean, we're not comic book readers. And people who are saying, like, well, we've been experiencing the beginning and ending of these stories for over 60 years. And I get that side of it as well. But for me, uh, after playing Spider-Man on PS4 and it being a... Proving that you could do a separate universe... Uh, a separate story but still influenced by a lot of the spider-man stories 
that's what sort of got me interested in Marvel's Avengers. I know it's a different development team and it's multi-platform, but Marvel Game Studios, their sort of umbrella that has been more than just... I want them to prove that they're more than just a, a license holder and actually trying to craft solid experiences and not just looking at like you get spider-man and you get iron man <laughs> you get hulk you can't use spider-man because we got to deal with with playstation but you can use hulk and give him like the xbox logo or something i don't know but i'm i'm i wasn't you know i wasn't sort of in with the first trailer a lot of people were questioning it but i think what really had me interested was uh i think it was the what's her name miss marvel the kamala trailer it was where they they showed more of the story and more of a hero that I personally haven't experienced uh, in in any sort of medium because I'm not reading the comics. And I know we're getting a Miss Marvel Disney Plus series at some point, but I think that's where it kind of clicked with me. I'm like, oh, I'm actually interested in the story because now they're focusing on other characters that we haven't experienced in the movies or the MCU for that matter. But it all comes down to the gameplay. Like if it's it, they're saying it's kind of like Destiny, well. The problem with Destiny at launch was that it was too little content and a lot of grinding. So is this going to be just, I get to play as my favorite heroes, but there's not a lot of story content? That doesn't interest me. I need I need story content. So I, once we get closer to the May 15th launch date, I hope we know more about what the game has to offer. Uh, and I'm hoping it's a it's a beefier story offer. I mean, this is coming from the, the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy, guys. And I really liked those first two games. I felt the third one kind of fell a little flat, but the first two were really, really good. So I'm hoping they apply some of that uh, excellent gameplay to to the Marvel side as well. So, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of a wait and see, and I'll probably end up letting you buy it and then tell me if I should buy it. <laughs> because I, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm done with superheroes. So I did see that on the list. I'm like, I know some people are going to be super stoked about this, so I should probably mention it, but. It's not making my most anticipated list, but that doesn't mean it won't be good. And maybe I'll be proven totally wrong. So we'll have to see. And we'll have to see what kind of release dates we get for a lot of these. Because a lot of things on this 2020 uh, list don't have release dates yet. But we can make some educated guesses based on console releases and stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, you guys should definitely let us know what you are anticipating for 2020. You can do so by hitting us up in Discord. It's at bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can email the show at info at You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Jossplays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>